So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas hello my name is ben hartley and you are listening to the six figure photography podcast each week uh, new episodes are going to air to help you grow your business by winning more bookings maximizing your profits and breaking through limiting beliefs if you would like to make this a three-way conversation, <laughs> like a two-way, you know, I said three-way because, you know, it's me, it's Rachel, it's you. Uh, I'd love to... Stop laughing over there, Rachel. I see you. I'd love I'm trying to, to do it quietly. I know. I got you. I'd love to answer <laughs> any questions. I'd love to be able to have you kind of connect with me, ask questions, and I'll talk back. I am extremely active in my free mastermind community there's over 31,000 other photographers in that space they're receiving free coaching they're receiving dedicated workshops they're receiving early access months in advance to future episodes of this podcast and you can hop into it i'd love to have you there uh go ahead and pull your phone and then text the word join j-o-i-n join to the number 614-714-1644 Again, text word join to 614-714-1644. Can't wait to see you over there. Well, listen, let's get into it today because I'm having a chat for the very second time (laughs) with Rachel Griman of Green Chair Stories. Uh, Rachel, we're doing something new today on the show. We are. Hi, Ben. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, mercy. I'm doing so well. Rachel, do you recall when you came on the uh, the podcast? Like, how many years ago was that? I remember I was living in Philadelphia. It must have been 2019. Okay. Let's it was a while pull, ago. Let's pull it up. Let's see if we can get an episode number for us here. Yeah, we've got how to write great copy uh, mm-hmm. was episode 130 of the podcast episode 130 and so rachel and i've been chatting uh mm-hmm. we've been having some conversations of some interesting ways to bring y'all more value and so uh we're gonna test some things out here rachel and i are gonna hang out together on the on the podcast for the next i don't know 
What, what do you want to give it? Two or three episodes? Kind of see I how mean, it goes? I hope it's more, but we'll see. We're giving it a test run. Yeah, yeah. We're going to give this little test run. And, um, and we'd love to have your feedback. And so, um, Rachel, I'd love to get to know you just a little bit more, though. I think the audience, okay. they've been sticking around with me for 200-some episodes. Um, but I, I want to get to know you just a little bit more in case they don't have time to go back to episode 130 of the podcast. And so, let's do like five fast-firing questions. <laughs> Okay. For I'm Rachel ready. Griman. Rachel <laughs> Griman. Uh, for starters, where are you out of? I live in Denver, Colorado. Originally from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, though. Okay, got it. Out in Colorado. Fantastic. Rachel Griman, uh, tell me from a photography background standpoint, what's your background in? Um, I was a photojournalism major in college many, many moons ago. I will not give you a year, but it was more than a decade ago. Yep. And um, so I did uh, nonprofit photography for a long time and writing. And then I started a family photography business in 2014 and then quickly pivoted into copywriting for photographers because I realized photographers need a lot of help with their writing. So started doing that in like 2016. So ever since then I've been doing a little bit of both, but mostly copy. It's awesome. Uh, copy is such a, and now I just want to talk about copywriting. I know. (laughs) Listen, y'all, if there is any skill, that you could learn outside of clicking the damn shutter that's going to make you money. It's copywriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have a number of episodes talking more about copy. And I imagine that that skill set is going to bleed into all of our conversations. But yeah. I digress. We're only on two of the five questions. Next question. Uh, let's, go, let's go with bread pudding or uh, key lime pie. Key lime pie. Easy. Yeah. Thank you. I, I didn't want to boot you from the show. And so yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful for this. We can't no have question. differences. Um, okay. Got it. So then um, uh, I think we're on to question four. Question mm-hmm. four is if you could ask me any question, Rachel Kreiman, what question would you ask me? Oh, what is the hardest thing about fatherhood? Oh, man. The hardest thing about fatherhood is having to deal with my own shit. <laughs> yeah, same. I it's mean, not like, fatherhood, but you get Yeah, they're, they're just little, they're little mirrors of all of the things that, that, I'm, I, that, are, um, that I still need to work on. And, mm-hmm. and so every morning I wake up and I, then I see all these parts of myself that I'm like, oh man, I, no one's held that mirror up to me. And it's all I, your flaws just walking around with their own personalities in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I think that's a big one. I think, and then specifically the, the mirror that, uh, or the, the area of my life that I'm recognizing needs more and more work is like patience, is anger, is, uh, is you know, grace. Uh, I think that's like the thing that I'm like, okay, go again, go again, (laughs) messed up, you know, go again. So I I see that happening a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. And then final question is, um, you know, tell me more about green chair stories and like, Mm -hmm. I know that you do copy and stuff, but like, yeah, just tell me more about green chair stories and how specifically you help photographers. Yeah, so we have a team. There's five of us on the team. We're all women. We're all located in Denver, Colorado. It's me, our captain of organization, Jess, who handles 
every piece of admin in the business. And then we have three writers who write websites for photographers. That's all we do. We only write websites. Copy shows up in a million different ways in your business. Content shows up in a million different ways. But we find that photographers get the most bang for their buck if they spend their money on website copy because all roads lead back to their website. So if they can have a home base that feels really true to them and connects really well with their ideal client, that's going to make the most difference for them in their business over the long haul. Um, so that's what we do. We write website copy in 11 days for photographers from start to finish. It's a really fast process for them and it becomes kind of the foundation for everything else they want to do in their business. Nice. Uh, all right. Can I, can I put you on the spot for a challenge? Of course. Yeah. Okay. I want you to say everything. I want you to encapsulate everything you just said into a single headline that would yeah. be like, oh yeah, that that's it. That's clear. We write, write website copy for photographers in 11 days that gets them booked. Yes. I love that you include the 11 days. I was waiting. I was like, she's going to include the 11 days, isn't she? I hope she does. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Once you said 11 days, I was like, take my money. Like, where can I yeah. sign on? It's so fun. <laughs> um, awesome. So, okay, Rachel, you and I were talking and this idea, you know, I was writing some stuff down and we were kind of going back and forth. Uh, what are we talking about today? Yeah. I mean, you wrote down like a hundred different ideas. All were great. And the one, there was one little tiny phrase that popped out to me that you wrote that says, don't automate what you can systematize. And I think that those words get conflated together sometimes in our industry. And so I think it would be really helpful to your listeners if you talked about the difference between the two first. So yeah. what is the difference between automating something and making it a system? Yeah. Don't automate what you should systematize. Well, um, so automation, everyone, you know, everyone's talking about automation and, mm -hmm. um, and, and then we could also, uh, add outsourcing into this thing. We got automation, we got outsourcing, we got systematizing things. Um, but we're all trying to get our time back. And so automation is the process of having, um, uh, I, more or less like AI robots, um, other people, uh, automatically set up to go and do the thing. So an example of automation is someone sends me an inquiry, they get an auto reply back, right? Mm -hmm. and, and maybe there's like a faster way that we could describe this. But like when I think automation, I think um, AI and I think um, like computerized, programmed, mm -hmm. automatically occurring. Like anything inside your CRM is automation. If you have a trigger for something, yeah. you know, when you get this email, your CRM system is going to ping back this email without you ever seeing it or touching it. Yeah. And it's not just in a CRM, but like even Instagram, like I'll, yeah. you know, I talk to a yeah. lot of photographers on Instagram and sometimes I'll send a message to a photographer and then I'll get an automatic reply to be like, thank you for contacting the such and such studio. I've received your message and I'll be back in the next however many hours, right? That's an automation. Yeah. Not, not bad. And how does that are. feel to you, Ben, when well, you get that automatic response? How does that feel in your soul? Well, so initially I get this little moment of like, oh, they reply. No, mm -hmm. they didn't. <laughs> this is yeah. a robot and mm -hmm. um yeah so uh th they have value there's definitely there's a ton of value in automation i think that client facing automation is where we should um slow down it's not necessarily in inherently bad but we anytime there's a client facing automation we should slow down and we should ask ourselves hmm, should this be automated or should this be systematized? So let's talk about systematized and also what I mean by client facing. Um, so systematized versus automation is where you have 
a system in place to make sure that um, when someone does something that like the job gets done, there is a set of what well, I, I call it like an SOP, a standard operating procedure, right? So a system, let's, uh, here's an example. When I come home from a wedding, uh, I have a system where I offload the images, right? It doesn't just automatically happen. I don't just get to put my camera down on the images, you know, currently in 2022, whatever year it is, right? Uh, that currently isn't automated. I have a system in place though, to make sure those files get backed up, et cetera. And then maybe there is an automation to help them get backed up, but at least have a system in place to create the folder and then do the things in the stuff, right? So you can have a system in place when the client contacts you, where you actually engage with them. Now, when I mentioned client facing, I mean that we should pump the brakes and slow down on automation whenever it's like a, a client receiving the end of the automation, right? Like they're going to uh, interface with it. They're going to engage with whatever that automation is. Mm -hmm. That's when we may want to like slow down a little bit and ask ourselves, uh, am I over automating what should be systematized? Let's talk about some examples of this because, and even where this comes from, man, Every photographer ever it complains about what in the industry? I'm just curious if you're on the same wavelength as me. What in the industry is like, man, the industry is so what? Saturated. Yes. Every photographer is like, and they all think they're special. I know I mm -hmm. felt that way until I realized, oh my gosh, every industry is saturated. It, it, yeah. Everything is the barrier to entry everywhere has been reduced. The population keeps rising. Um, mm -hmm. And so everything's saturated. But, um, and so if that's true, that's great. That doesn't have to mean anything. Doesn't have to mean anything. Yes. There can be no weight to that statement if you don't let it have weight. Well, and it's just the reality that that's just true everywhere. It's like mm -hmm. a fish swimming in water. It's wet. It's just like, well, that's just right. is. Well, if it was easy to make money in any industry, then people would be doing it. Yes. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. So if, if the industry is saturated, great, cool. So what are we going to do about it? How are we mm -hmm. going to stand out and separate ourselves from the masses? And one of the best ways to do that is to systematize rather than automate client-facing uh, engagement. And um, we can almost equate systematize and personalize here. Because yes. automation removes you as a person from it and putting it in your system, you can still have some templates that you use that you pull from, but it adds yourself back into the process. Yes. Hey, can we just rewind the whole thing? Because you asked me the difference between like, you were like, what's automation? And then I <laughs> fumbled through my words for like five minutes and you just said it in a single statement as if you were a copywriter. Automation <laughs> removes the human element. It mm -hmm. removes the personal touch. Right? And that's fine sometimes. Yes. But if everything you do with your client comes from a robot, hey, guess what? Their experience is going to feel pretty stale. Yes. Uh, I believe I heard this from Pai Jursa for the first time. He said that um, your leads, your clients, they really have a hard time differentiating between a good and a great photograph. Mm. But oh, they yes. can experience, <laughs> they feel it clear as they, day, the difference between a good and a great experience. A hundred percent. And so a few areas that I see this um, kind of plaguing photographers and they don't realize it. They don't realize how poorly this is impacting their conversions, their, mm -hmm. their uh, referrals, all this kind of stuff. Let's talk through a few areas 
where we see this taking place. Um, I think one of the first ones, and this is probably one of the biggest, would be um, when a new lead contacts your studio. Is there an automation that's happening? Or do you have a system in place to engage personally? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to break that down further, Rachel? Yeah, I would like to hear from you about how like the most creative way that you respond to inquiries that you feel like establishes a lot of trust right from the beginning. And then I can talk about how we do it in our business. Yeah, absolutely. When I get an inquiry, um, I, so, uh, I, I make sure that I all, um, received your email kind of things are turned off. There's nothing that happens like that. Um, but when an inquiry gets received, I send them a video message. It's like, I, I want to make sure that it's not just a personally written message. Uh, but it is like, it is so clear as day that I took clear time, like one of my most valuable assets out of my day to pause, make a video for Jessica of me just being like, Hey, I'm at the park with my kids. I just got your inquiry. Uh, super excited that I have your data available. I was really surprised to do because next year is insane. And then sharing a bit about their venue. If I'm a wedding photographer, um, and just letting them know that I'd love to connect more, you know, mm-hmm. um, and sending that over. Um, that's a great example of uh, a system um, that I'm connecting though personally. Now, maybe I'm pulling the cart before the horse here, but um, one of the things you can set up is a system to make sure that you don't miss this. Mm-hmm. So you can flag in Gmail. I, all my stuff comes into Gmail. Okay, you can flag whenever I get an inquiry email. I can send notifications to myself mm-hmm. personally. So I can get a text notification being like, ping, you received an inquiry. You can set up a filter for that and what to do with it. And so no matter where I'm at, like there's a system in place to let me know, alert, alert. <laughs> you know, I, you just got an inquiry and now I can actually do something very personal with mm-hmm. that lead. Yeah. And in our business, my text message is a human named Jess who watches my inbox like a hawk. Yeah. <laughs> and she responds to them and says, hey, Rachel responds to every single inquiry personally. It might take her 24 hours, but you're in our orbit. We got you. Yeah. So it's still a person reaching out to them and she still is doing it herself. And then when I respond to them, 95% of the email is a template. So you could call it automated, but there are two paragraphs in there where I cater it and customize it to the inquiry. So I go to their website and I tell them the three biggest problems that I see with their copy. And I say, this is how I would think we should change this together. And it helps them know that, Hey, I've spent time with you already. I'm already invested in you as a person. I already want to help you in your business. Hey, and this is the writer that I think would match really well with you for this reason. You know, you said you like this. She's all about that. And so I think this is a match made in heaven. This is what we're going to do. So it doesn't take me long. It takes me 10 minutes to go to their website and see what's not working with it. It takes Ben three minutes to send a video response to them. It's all about the timing of it and the personalization of it. And adding that personal element doesn't need to steal your time in the way that you think it might. It will if you overthink things, which I know a lot of you do. But if if you can make it really simple and straightforward like that, You don't have to, like Ben said, I think that's a perfect way to paint the picture. Automating is all about us getting our time back, but it doesn't really save you that much time if it's losing you money in the long run. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And and I love what you said about um, we're showing up with value before 
um, they know anything before we're mm-hmm. asking for them to give us value. Rachel's pitch. She's, she's sharing the three things, you know, that she could see be better, uh, on their site for me, I'm going to research their venue. I'm going to research something mm-hmm. about their session. If it's a, if it's a family session, I'm going to, I'm asking intentional questions in my questionnaire in the contact form. And I'm going to speak to these things in the, in the call. I, I saw you want to do an outdoor session. I think if we plan that in three weeks, it could be gorgeous with the turning of the leaves. There's a couple parks that I have in mind, uh, that we can discuss over the phone. And so anyhow, I can't wait to connect. Like I'm sharing these ideas so they know that I'm already invested into their success. Um, let's do another one. Uh, well, uh, do, do you got one out of that list? So, you know, we kind of brainstormed here. What, what was one for you that was like, oh yeah, that's one that I see photographers over automating when they could be systematizing. Um, I think gifts is a one that we mentioned that we started talking about, you know, a lot of people want to say like their signature gift is this, but sometimes you've really connected, especially when you've spent an entire wedding with a couple, Mm -hmm. you're going to get to know them a little bit. Maybe you know what their favorite drink is and you can send them a little gift basket to make a gin and tonic. Mm -hmm. And rather than your, like my classic gift is cookies. And you guys have such an opportunity as photographers spending real in person, face-to-face time with people to take a note during the session, Hey, they love this. I'm going to get them this book by their favorite author or this cocktail. You know, it's such an easy thing to do, especially if you have an assistant that can do it for you. All you have to do is write it down. But even if you don't have that, I just feel like that's another opportunity to surprise and delight them for something they never expected. And you can have that standard gift for people that you don't find that out about. But if for certain couples or families, you can find that little extra something to give them. What a great thing to add a personal touch to. Yeah, and kind of combining two worlds here, you can automate a questionnaire when you're onboarding a new lead. Mm-hmm. Maybe there are certain things that get automated. So like um, a welcoming questionnaire, a get-to-know-you yeah. questionnaire that gets automatically sent out to them. And anytime I'm having an automation take place, I always want them to know this is an automation. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to pretend like this is me sending it. You know, mm-hmm. I say, welcome. I've gone ahead and I've set up an automatic questionnaire to get sent over to you. Be on the lookout for that, right? And so then they'll mm-hmm. receive it. And in the questionnaire, I could be asking curious questions to get to know them. Uh, again, maybe as a wedding photographer, personality, things that they enjoy, things they enjoy doing together, hobbies. And I'm, I'm intentionally asking questions that then I can take those answers and then, then they, that produces my key for like gift giving opportunities. Listen, mm-hmm. I've gone so far as I, I got one client, uh, uh, he was really into brewing um, his own beer and he was mm-hmm. curious about distilling um, whiskey. So I, brought, I bought him a, a whiskey distillation kit. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, there was another person who was like, uh, he, uh, during our time together, he complimented, um, I had some Air Force Ones that he really liked. He said he's super into sneakers. He'd been looking for a set. I contacted his fiance, got his shoe size, and I sent him Air Force Ones. <laughs> now, P.S., this is, you know, we're, we're into like, this is 10K clients and stuff. And so we could totally. talk about gift giving. As, gift giving is a whole other conversation that yeah, you could have, right? Um, but like doing really unique gifts, specialized things, and they don't I gave a high ticket things. You don't have to do that. Like you can discover that someone's really into, um, like the, uh, what is a, I don't know. Like a book. 
like the you book, can Lord of the Rings, let's say. Yeah. And then you can go on eBay and look up like JRR token paraphernalia, Lord of the Rings signed copy. Like find something super mm-hmm. niche and like hey, I saw this and I got it for you. Here's a right. Gandalf mug. <laughs> I signed yes. it at a garage sale and it yes. had me die laughing. I thought of you, right? And you buy it on eBay for a buck fifty, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's awesome Anyhow. and to your point of like high ticket versus low ticket it's often not the amount yes. of what you give or the amount of communication you have it's the personalization of it yep. so people always want to think about how can i reach a luxury market it's not spending more money it's not giving bigger gifts it's being more personal it's giving a more connected experience to each of your clients so everything ben's talking about that's how you move into like it doesn't need to be a luxury market, but even higher price points. Yeah. That's how you do it. Yep. I think the other, uh, the other big one, and maybe this is where we'll end because this is such a big one. I hear so many photographers, they want to make print sales. They're yeah. like, I need, I, I need to diversify my income. I'd love to start like, um, taking on less sessions and making mm-hmm. more money per session. And so I'd like to get print sales implemented into my business. And then they try to automate it. And listen, which is worst case scenario. <laughs> it is. And it's not, there's a lot of metrics to evaluate the success of something in your business. And it's not mm. always about the amount of income that it generates. However, if the goal is, I'd like to add a hundred thousand dollars worth of profit into my business, which is totally every year I've ever been in business as since introducing print, we've always done like a hundred K in printed artwork. Like Mm -hmm. that is a very doable thing to do. If that number sounds crazy, fine. How do I add another $10,000 this year to my company? Right. With print. I'm telling you right now, if, if, if you think it's going to happen by automating it, as in you upload the images to an online gallery where they can select prints because you gave them some print credit or an email series where they're like, Hey, you can buy prints here. You'll get your, uh, you'll have time because you won't be actually like doing anything, but you won't have money. And if the goal is to make an extra $50,000, it's not going to happen. Yeah. That's a system. And that's a timely system. You know, you don't make print sales without investing some real quality time with the couple or the family. Yeah. And it doesn't, it, it, uh, when you get a great system and you get it dialed in, it really doesn't have to like, I think a lot of people think, well, I don't want to do reveals. I don't actually meet with my lead and like offer printed artwork to them in person. I think mostly because we're scared to stand up for our own artwork and and we're terrified Mm -hmm. of the idea of potential rejection. Um, That's something else. But I think we, uh, that's probably the underlying thing, but then we say something else. And what we say is time, right? We say like, Oh, I don't have time for it. Telling you right now, you don't have time to have a, a non-working print solution in place. And the only way to make up the money is by booking another 30 sessions this year or another five weddings, right? Like you don't have time to be doing that. Um, if you get a great system in place for print sales, uh, you can buy back so much time. Yes. I digress, but that's a whole other conversation about print sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I love that. But put your, put your personhood back into it. That's yeah. the message for all of these things. And especially with print sales, you got to show them your face. You got to yeah. show them your stuff face to face and get their reaction from it. Um, but putting your personality back into it is where all of the money is. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, to, you know, to go back to Princess real quick, it's not even about the the in-person nature. Like, it's not even about me selling. It's just like, I'm just going to show up and like, here's your mm-hmm. images. If you would like them, you can purchase them. If you would not, that is also okay. <laughs> what, right, which right. decision do you choose? <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. That's about as salesy as I get. It's like, mm-hmm. um, and it's absolutely well. People are like, when you, when you create such an incredible client experience from beginning to end, and this is a great way to end, that is not overly automated, but personally like hand delivering the, the, your client, like guiding them through every process. By the time you get to something like a reveal of printed artwork, I'm not even going to use the term IPS. I don't like it. Uh, but a reveal of their images and you just ask them if they'd like to buy them. When you've got a, such a powerful client experience, I fully believe that bare minimum, I bet half the clients of mine, they just buy print from me because they're trying to find an excuse to give me more money. They feel 100%. so indebted. They feel so blown away that they're just like, what else can I buy from you? Thank you. Yeah. Like, I- and you are undoubtedly connected to their experience now. Like when they look at their wedding photos, they think about you as a person. Mm. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you want you want clients to feel that way about their photos. Yes. And if you've blown them away, it's not even just about giving you more money. It's about prolonging that memory of the experience they had with you. Mm-hmm. Rachel, what would be a takeaway? Like if they're, if, for someone listening today, what's something that, that they should actually like go consider, implement, do as yeah. a response to this episode? This is something I recommend all our clients do. I think you should sit down and write down your process, your workflow for every single piece of your business from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Number it. See if you can get to a hundred, like literally every little thing, like Ben talked about getting home and uploading his images, that's a step in his workflow. So not only will that tell you all the opportunities you have for automation or systematizing, it will also show you all the parts of your process that might make you different from your competition. So I think that's like such a worthy way of spending your time as a photographer is figuring out what you actually do. Love that. And put it in a Google Doc so you can split it out. You can make mm-hmm. standard operating procedures off of that. Almost treat it like an outline. And then mm-hmm. from that outline, you can develop these things. Wow. So good, Rachel. Man. Great. Uh, I love this. Thank you for hanging yeah. out with us today, uh, Literally podcast anytime. listeners. Uh, well, and you, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking to me, Ben. I know. I was talking to the anonymous <laughs> listener who's walking okay, thank their you guys pet too. right now. It's been great. <laughs> hey, we need a sign-off, Rach. What, what should our sign-off be? I don't know. We need like a radio sign-off. So, so normally what I say at the end of the podcast is like, thank you for listening to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Can't wait to see you on the next episode. Until then, keep showing up. And then we need you. To, then what would you, what would you say? Until then... Be kind to yourself. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Keep showing up. Be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's That's great. That's good. Bye, everybody. Bye.